Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 720 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, you can find out what happened when Zoe Turner and I caught up with Matt Goss after his show in Birmingham. Looking ahead to the rest of his tour, we have a chat with one of the team behind La Boheme, Ellen Kent. It's at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre on the 15th of April. And there is a chance if you have a four-legged friend, they may be able to be part of the show. Dave Hemingway joins us from the Sunburst to talk about their latest single release and their tour, which takes them to the Bilston Robin in the latter part of this year. Craig Phillips will be letting us know how we can improve the efficiency of our homes with not only a bit of DIY, but also some professional help too, alongside some work he's been doing with the Halifax. And on top of that, we'll also be hearing from Chef Leslie Waters all about Alaskan salmon. That's all on the way on the show this week. Now, last night over at the Symphony Hall in Birmingham, we enjoyed the amazing experience of Matt Goss on stage with the big band orchestra, the Royal Philharmonic, and some awesome songs. And he joins us now as he heads off to his next venue. Hello, sir. Hello, my friend. You are, I imagine, a little worse for wear after all those champagnes you drank last night. Yeah, you, you were looking after us rather <laughs> too well. And uh, Zoe's in a bit of a state, aren't you? But I'm all right now. <laughs> every, every time my glass was empty, he was filling it back up again. He did a very good job. Yeah, your management team were doing a brilliant job of looking after us, sir. <laughs> but uh, you must have had an amazing time on stage, and you really bought a flavour of Vegas to the Midlands last night, and uh, absolutely amazing stuff. So first of all, congratulations to that. But it must be so hard work for you and all the team bringing such an amazing show together. Yeah, there's over fifty of us now on the road, and uh, we're a little tribe that go that's doing the whole country. But it's such an incredibly rewarding experience like you know i love to transport people into a better place and just give people a good night out and continue to be the maker of memories you know it's just an it's a really privileged place although it is extremely tiring um it's it's the best way to feel tired you know absolutely yeah. and everybody bit... seemed to enjoy themselves anyway didn't they did you have fun i did yeah yeah john particularly had fun a few rows up from me after you was giving him all those shots well that's what you'll do be rude not to the tequila does help show go better. <laughs> but, so you're, you're making it a full-on cabaret experience, though, which is impressive in a venue the size of Symphony Hall. And, of course, all those big venues that you're playing across the tour. And I think this is probably born out of, of the, the joy and experience that you had for 11 years actually playing in Vegas. Just, you know, almost over three decades of, of experience, I think it's, I'm prideful to say I really know what I'm doing. You know? So um, it's just it's beautiful when an audience of that size just... It's all kind of one one uh, energy force, and it's great for us on stage as well. And the Royal Philharmonic Concert Orchestra and the and the big band. We we love seeing you guys having a good time too. There was a lot of energy in the audience. Does that well, when you can see how much the audience are enjoying it? So does that reflect in your performance then? Do you give it that little bit extra? Yeah, I think that you know I like to shrink a venue. So you know it's a nice feeling when you shrink a venue like that, and it feels like. As you say, it's like a it's an intimate experience, but there's you know there's thousands of people in the room, and obviously that music and the way you perform it, those arrangements are really bringing that energy to the stage. And I hear there may well be an album with the uh, Royal Philharmonic Concert Orchestra on the way. 
yeah, we finished the album. It was recorded at Abbey Road, and it's it's called The Experience. And uh, everything you heard last night is on the, is on the album. So I'm really excited about that record. It's it's a it's a beautiful album, and it's one of those must have records. It's like it's it, it caters to all musical tastes and and just feelings. It's I'm I'm very proud of the record. So that should be ready by uh, July. So that's something to look forward to there. Obviously, the tour is being filmed as well, so those who can't make it along can experience it too. And I know there's going to be streaming options to that as we head through 2023. Matt, you did an amazing job on stage last night. I know you made a number of dreams come true, not only Zoe's, but all those other members of the audience who you met up with who absolutely adored seeing you after the show. Keep up the good work, sir, and we look forward to uh, not only the uh, this album, but then more new music from you in the not-too-distant future. Um, my love to both of you. You you made me feel very, very welcome and my love to your listeners. So till the next time I see you soon. Mm -hmm. The Sunbirds have a brand new single released. It's called Hey, Dave Hemingway. You've been involved in some amazing projects over the years and this is just the latest yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. I was in obviously involved in the House Martins and uh, the Beautiful South. And this is Sunbirds, which is, yeah, latest project, uh, many years later. And uh, yeah, we're um, enjoying uh, doing the album and doing uh, the new gigs. Yeah, because I mean, you're out on the road again. We've got you, uh, is it the Robin 2 you're playing? Yeah, I've played there before with uh, the South. And I think it's a really good venue, actually. I uh, really like playing there. So, um, yeah, playing there later in the year. So that's something to look forward to. But tell us about the current music and uh, the release of the single, Hey. Yeah, well, this one's unusual for us, really, because it's the first one to feature Laura on vocals, our violinist. I say our violinist because um, that's what she was. We didn't realise she was also a singer, which is... Just, uh, it just hand cropped up in conversation. She was singing backing, and then we said, well, why don't you try singing lead on a couple of songs? And uh, there she was. Great. So it was a bit of a bit of a find for us, to be honest. And uh, yeah, and I, I think the next album, uh, the next few recordings, it's certainly it's changed the um, uh, the shape of the band, really. In fact, knowing that uh, Laura's there to use as a, another way to approach a song, and um, so we can do songs differently, maybe, and we've got options, you know. So uh, it's it's a really good find for us that uh, Laura's with us. But with the with what you're doing and and all your previous work, it's always been about the music first. And you know, I'm not going to say image second, but image isn't what you strive for. I'm not dissing anybody when I say that, but it's it's not. Uh, it, it is purely the talent which comes through in the music. And you guys all sort of rock up, and you know you're unassuming we wouldn't know the magic that's going to happen until you start performing. Well, it has always been about the songs. Yeah, definitely. I think. In both the bands I've been involved in, the, the songs have been the uh, most important thing. So have good songs and have, make good music. And uh, as you say, we've never had much of an image, or apart from being no image at all, really. We've just been like, um, you know, you, you wouldn't, you'd pass it on the street sort of thing. And that's that's the way we like it. And uh, with some beds, again, I think it was important with this new band that the songs had to live up to the legacy of the past bands that I've been in. So uh, it was very important for me to uh, make sure that happened and that the songs were good enough, and I believe they are. And uh, I'm very proud of the first album. 
and I'm really pleased with the way the new songs are evolving to become the next album. So, uh, yeah, the music is all important to, to me and to the band. Does this mean that Quality Control says there are a lot of songs that have fallen by the wayside? Not a lot, but some, yeah. I think, and that's how it should be. I, I think you should, shouldn't be afraid to bring songs to the table, but you shouldn't also be afraid to if they get rejected for one reason or another, because if you set a standard and you want things to sound good and you want the band to sound good, then uh, anything that isn't up to it, when we move on and we, you know, we look for something else. And uh, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think it means that the band, hopefully, the finished album is the best that we can do and uh, that will continue to happen. So, uh, yeah, that's how we think about things. But how do you split up those writing credits? Because you've got so many people in the band with such a great musical heritage. Actually, any one of you could write an absolute amazing hit. Well, it's pretty simple. If you, if you write it, then you've written it. Um, there's no, I mean, we don't have people. I think that's one of the worst things about bands, and especially big bands, if you're making money, like the Beautiful South, for instance. It was obvious Paul Heaton and Dave Rothery were the best songwriters in the band. So nobody brought a new song to the table saying, I want this on the album because it's going to make some money and whatever. We never had that, which is why we stuck together for so long because no one was trying to muscle in on the songwriting and say, I want to. I want my song to be on there because I want to make some money. So, and we shared things out anyway. So it was never, an, uh, never a problem, never an option. And I think some bands maybe have that where people think, oh, I want to put uh, my song on there. And if it's not the best song to be on the album or to be a single, then it shouldn't be on there. So, um, you know, that sometimes happens in bands, I'm sure, but it never happened with us. I mean, it could well be that the song itself would suit another way of performing but not the band you're in at that time and uh, that's the sort of thing that uh, it can then cause friction and you don't want that you want to be enjoying your time on stage which we are and we're not like we're of a certain age now where i think <laughs> we're beyond sort of uh, petty squabbles about you know who gets what and who gets the limelight because it doesn't really matter you know we what we want is uh some beds to be a, a good out a uh, good set of songs good album good play live, enjoy it, and, um, you know, just enjoy being in a band because I think sometimes that's forgotten, that, you know, it's supposed to be enjoyable. And uh, we're really enjoying it, and we're enjoying doing the gigs and making the songs, and it's all good at the moment. Oh, well, next Friday, the 14th of April, you're at the Butter Market over in Shrewsbury. And yeah. then, as we mentioned, uh, it's into December when you're at uh, the Robin 2 in Bilston. That's coming up on Monday the 11th. Will they be two separate gigs uh, in, in as much as uh, yeah, the, the music that you'll be bringing to the stage will change? How do you think it might evolve in that time? Well, the uh, music that will be on the second album towards, hopefully we'll get it out by October, we're still recording it at the moment. It's certainly evolving for sure, yeah, from the first album. Uh, we're proud of the first album because, you know, we don't have any backing or anything. It's, it's all ourselves. Um, financial backing, I mean. And um, to get that album out was quite hard and uh i think i'm you know stand by i'm proud of the album and this next album as we go along playing the new songs at these gigs uh they're changing all the time and this next album will probably be uh a little well i'm saying a little bit different maybe quite a bit different uh as everyone bond gets um together and puts some input into it so uh yeah things are changing as we go along but it's all interesting and it's uh 
as you say, some songs work and some t- songs don't. So we'll try and pick the ones that do. Two chances to see you in the Midlands. Shrewsbury, the 14th of April, if you fancy getting along straight away over to the bus market. But uh, yeah, the, the, the gig for us, which is the closest, is, of course, the Robin 2 in Bilston. And that, as we said, is an amazing venue. And it, you, you will just sort of feel at home there, won't you? Yeah, I really like it there. You know, I've played there a couple of times, I think. It's just one of those venues, which is great to see a band in, you know. Uh, it's like ideal. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Well, lots going on. We can find out all about that on the socials and get the music this way too. Yeah, sure. Sunbirds.co.uk, I believe. And uh, so, yeah, that's how you get some information about the band and where we're playing. So, just want people to come along and have a listen and, yeah, see what they think. Well, it's going to be a, a great tour with a great album already out there. Another one on the way to back it all up. Dave Hemingway, thank you as ever for joining us. Thank you very much. Hey, much
Bethlehem is at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre on the 15th of April. One of the amazing one-night shows. Enjoy a bit of Piscini in the Grand. But one of the pieces of work requires a four-legged friend. Mozetta's dog is part of the show. Could your pet be that part? To tell us more, I'm joined now by Ellen Kent. Good afternoon. Oh, hi there, Jason. Lovely to talk to you. Well, good to talk to you too. And this is an amazing evening of opera. And uh, I, I think that that's the starting point, isn't it? Are we, we're looking for a dog that probably loves opera. Oh, yes. We, we were looking for a dog that fits in well. We have had some wonderful little dogs. It's a competition that we do, or I have added to my labo, I mean, being the artistic director, one can take a bit of poetic license, but I've added a little, I, well, I have lots of animals in my shows, but I've restrained myself for labo, and it's only a dog. I have had eagles and God knows what, but I'm being good. So it's just a little foo-foo dog, and it's a local competition for anybody in that area who wants to bring a dog in. It's a, but it's a lovely part, it's in the market scene, and it'll be on the stage with the Ukrainian Opera Ballet Theatre from Kiev. Big company, 73, that I brought to the war zone. I know. But the little dog doesn't have to go through any bombs and drones. We are here. The stage is almost, it's a magical scene, market scenes, all sorts of things happening, and the dog walks in. Now, the oh, with Musetta, it's only about seven, eight minutes on the stage, a little bit at the end. We don't keep our dogs on for too long. I've been using dogs in Bruem for about 20 years, by the way, so I'm pretty good on the dog bit. And we, and the owner, be it a man or the lady, owner of the dog, comes in with the dog on a lead. The dog is on the lead. Sometimes Musetta brings the dog in. depends on the dog on the lead. We always keep it on the lead, obviously. And it walks through. It's a grand entrance, actually, and it's great fun. And the, the owner has to dress up in costume, by the way. <laughs> this, is, this is sounding even better. Oh, yeah. We have, we, have a, we have the dog is treated like a little star. My animals always get treated better than anybody else. And it has its own dressing room. Well, that, that I think you get to be a diva dog. I like that idea. <laughs> it, has, it has its dressing room. It, it's not very long. The dog has to be... We can send all the details, but basically it, it comes on... It's this wonderful scene, a market scene. We've got all sorts of things, people on spills, people go with these sort of spinning balloons and and all sorts of things going on. Dog walks on, walks right across the stage, makes a grand entrance and then goes and talks with its owner to various members of the chorus. The dog belongs to Musetta. The whole thing is Musetta, very exorbitant sort of exaggerated character, uh, has gone off with this old man dumping her younger love. They're all living in the very poor quarters of Paris, by the way. It's all set in Paris in the 18th century. And the the, the owner is an old man that she's latched onto. And he's, he, he enters as well behind the dog with all these presents staggering behind. The dog he's brought her as well, brought in by the maid or the manservant. And then it, it, also, it also spins around that, and then they go off. And then right at the end, the poor old chap has been paying for everybody at the restaurant. By this time, she's chatted up her ex-lover and run off with him. And then the, the waiter comes in, and he's there, and he's been paying for all the restaurants. And he gives him a sort of lesser, the bill. The poor old guy collapses on the chair, and he sees the cost of it. At that point, the maid or the manservant comes in with the dog, and gives them the lead, sort of leans over to say, and you can have the dog back, and at that point the curtain comes down. It's a really good moment. 
So Little Dog is a story. It's, 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 it's something I put in. I mean, I'm an artistic director, so I like... My shows are always filmic. And, I mean, I have to tell you, that Bohem is a class act. I saw it at, down in Kent at the Orchard Theatre, Dartford. And I thought, bloody hell. That is... I, I have... I, be quite honest, it's better than the La Boheme I saw at the Royal Opera some time ago. <laughs> and, and the singers, and we, it's, it's a wonderful piece for the audiences, for, for the people of Wolverhampton, all the surrounding area, to, to take part. And we are offering this little entrance, this little bit in our opera for a Wolverhampton dog. I love this idea. It's absolutely fantastic. The fact you get a local dog wherever you perform uh-huh. this just makes it all even more special. It brings so, it into the community in a small way, but it's it's also about you know sharing an amazing, creative, you know, classic tale of Parisian love. Well, that's true, and we are desperately looking. We're not desperate. I don't know quite how we have. Normally, we either get lots of doggies or we get a few doggies, but for some reason, I don't. It went out too early. I think last year because I was rushing off, well, to direct the Ukrainians in, <laughs> in these three operas, including this one. And we have a wonderful chorus from, from Kiev, and, and, the mix, and the chorus is actually the best chorus, because they're, they're top of their game. They're one of the top opera clubs. They're wonderful, spectacular people there. And it's, it's a really good performance. It's very visual. We have snow in it. We have all sorts of effects you can possibly think of. I've got it in the show. And the biggest special effect of all is the little foo-foo dog. Now, it can be any little foo-foo dog, as long as it doesn't. It's, it's got to be, though, just it, Jason, it's not to be a barky dog. You know what I mean? We don't want competition with the singers. Mm-hmm. So no, preferably not barky, fairly laid back, you know, little dog. I mean, some of these therapy dogs we've had on. We've had all sorts of dogs. I mean, we can go for the, I don't know, the, the cockapoos and whatever names they call them, the poodly, you know, mixtures. We've had them all. And they all have performed remarkably well. They don't have to do much. They just have to be a dog. And they they must be a sort of laid-back, friendly, not nervous dog, if you know what I mean. You know, happy with lots of people. But we do require the owners to turn up. At, well, contact us. I mean, if you've got a dog you want to take place, and I know it's coming up fast, and we will really, really want a dog, contact Angela, who is my long-suffering administrator. That's Angela at ellenkent.co.uk. Write to Angela with your dogs. Please put your telephone number on and say that we do get other dogs, and do say it is for the Wolverhampton grant. Put their grant, or for Wolverhampton, put their telephone number on and a picture of the dog please, and then the breed and all the bits about the dog, and send it to Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, at Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton. I'm not Wolverhampton as yet, am I, at ellenkent.co.uk, and send it to us. And then we're going to fast track this because it's coming up on the 15th of April. Yep, so the, the deal is, 15th of April, Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre, we're looking for a dog that hasn't got to learn any lines because he doesn't get a speaking part. It is there to look good, a small foo-foo-style dog. We've talked about all the different varieties and all this part of an absolutely amazing production of La Boheme, which is the Ukrainian Opera and Ballet Theatre from Kiev, and they are going to be there performing as if they're in Paris, in Italian, 
with English subtitles. So it is a night to behold. It does sound absolutely amazing. The costumes will be glorious. The music will be amazing. And it is going to be the chance to be part of a show. So you're emailing Angela at ellenkent.co.uk. Put Wolverhampton in the title, include in there a photo of the dog, your details, your dog's details, and the fact that you would be available on that night. And then the online auditions will take place before you'll then have a chat with the owners to, to get them all lined up to have this amazing special part of the show. That's very good. <laughs> that about covers it. Excellent. You're very good at this. <laughs> you, you're clearly having a fantastic time bringing this show together, mm. and it's going to be amazing for everybody who comes to see it. And you've talked a bit about the production, and the fact it is, yeah, just with the beautiful sets and costumes, everything is in this show, isn't it? It's one night only, and it's a chance to get along and really enjoy. And it's an amazing, huge group of people that have come all the way from Kiev. Through, I have to say, bombs and drones. I brought them over myself, all the way from Krakow, an overnight train. I picked them up. I went from Kishinev, Krakow, all the way down to from Kiev, all the way down to Krakow. Put them on a Wizz Air flight, and they all turned up at Luton Airport, and the tour began at Manchester Opera House on the 26th of Jan. So we've been on the road for quite a while. It's a big tour, but yes, they're all. From Kiev, and I think that's that's quite an achievement actually getting them all out. I can tell you it is, and, and supporting the arts from the Ukraine is absolutely amazing. And, and they, they need to still feel part of the world, even though they're, they're the terrible things that are going on over there. I mean, I've been working out in Ukraine for over 20 years, you know, from the Odessa's, all the big companies. I've had medals from the presidents and all the rest of it. Someone said to me once, Why aren't you wearing your medals? I said, Look, we get in Ukraine, people wear medals. I'm not in the army. <laughs> I keep my medals in my cabinet somewhere. But yes, I, I would never walk away from them. I've been working there too long. And I mean, if I walked away, what's going to happen to their operas and their culture? You know, we have to support them. And anyway, I love them to bits. Um, and I think, I think it's a pleasure to work with them. They're a very good bunch of high quality performers yeah and you'll be able to see that talent if you go along and see La Bohem at Wolverhampton's Grand as we say it is the 15th of April 01902 429212 is the box office number for tickets or you can pop along to grandtheatre.co.uk and as we mentioned if your pet dog could be part of this production then it's Angela at ellenkent.co.uk to send your details over for now Ellen Kent thank you so much for joining us pleasure Jason hope you have a lovely Easter Celebrity builder Craig Phillips is encouraging homeowners to take matters into their own hands to make their homes more energy efficient. He joins us now on the line alongside Kim Kinnett, Mortgages Director of Halifax. Good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. Hello. Now, first of all, uh, my mortgage is with Halifax, Craig. I am slightly concerned I may devalue the house to the point at which my, my mortgage may not be uh, quite so good if I do too much work. But it is about making sure you can do jobs you can cope with, isn't it? <laughs> Most certainly, yes. Yeah. Yes, most certainly. I mean, we're trying to encourage people to make their homes more energy efficient. And that can start from very little simple DIY tasks, you know, from just putting draft excluders around doors and windows and letterboxes uh, to putting insulation up into the loft space, right the way down to the major things as well, where you do have to get professionals in to do ground source heat pumps or solar panels on your roof. And all of these sounds like great things. And the investment itself can actually save you money in the longer term too. 
Oh, most certainly. I mean, we've all felt the pinch of how energy prices have rocketed up the last 12 months. Uh, and even the general cost of living of, of anything, you know, or shopping materials, anything we buy is generally gone up. So if we can make savings on our energy bill by putting a small investment in the house, I think it certainly makes sense to do that. And by doing the bigger bigger projects, obviously that's a bigger investment, but it's putting value on your house and making it more run more energy efficient so it will be cheaper to, to live in longer term. Absolutely. Have the disruption once and do two jobs at the same time. And Kim, this is where Halifax can help out as well, because uh, it, it is all about making sure you get the most energy efficiency and a small amount on your mortgage could actually be offset by the amount it reduces your bills by. Absolutely. And uh, kind of our, our research has shown that uh, much larger numbers of customers now where they may secure additional funding to to use that to invest in these bigger uh, these bigger investments such as solar or um, or heat pumps, etc. Um, whereas maybe kind of 10, 15 years ago, what people were really focusing in on was because they wanted to do the extension, they wanted to refit the bath, and those things are still important in terms of what people want to do in terms of the house, but there is much more focus now uh, in terms of uh, customers wanting to future-proof their homes and improve the energy efficiency. Uh, and we also know that kind of uh, energy efficiency now being front of mind is 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 something that your customers are considering when they're looking at properties. We know again from our research that over half of those uh, surveyed were were saying that they were less likely to buy a property if they thought that it was inefficient from an energy perspective, and they didn't want to have to spend lots of money putting right challenging challenges within the property itself so kind of it definitely makes sense if you can make those uh, changes not only because you can then uh, have the benefit of that as Craig says in terms of your own bills but also in terms of the attractiveness of the house if and when you decide you want to sell. Absolutely because we do get our home packs these days that tell us all about our properties and the energy efficiency is an important one but Craig I mean when it came to it you actually built your own energy efficient home just to make sure you ticked all the boxes. I certainly did yeah it's been a kind of a lifelong dream to build our own house and six or seven years ago when Laura and I were designing it on paper and putting it to plan we knew we were building an unusual shape house a size house and we knew we had to make it energy efficient because it would, it, if, if we didn't, it would be an expensive house to run and work from here. Little did we know we would get to this point in life where it's very crucial about how how house performs, you know, what it's actually going to cost you. So we decided to get the best type of insulation that was really available. And it was kind of a spray foam insulation that went in between the cavities and in the roof space. And it made our house almost passive. It was almost airtight, you know getting close to an A rated on the EPC certificates. So we, we were glad we did it that way. Um, we didn't do everything that we could possibly could have. I mean, as time has moved on, you can get things like ground source heat pumps and air source heat pumps now that can be fitted uh, retro, uh, you know, after a house is built now. And I think if we ever did build another house, we would do all what we've done on this house because it performs well, but look into additional things that are available now on the market for instance, solar panels, you know, we've been kind of encouraging people to do solar panels the last 15, even 20 years. But now you can store the electric in batteries as well, which, you know, only five years ago, we, we couldn't do that now. But the technology has moved on and it's there and it's all helping you run your house more energy efficient. 
Yeah, and even maybe if storing uh, low-cost energy overnight and then using it during the day as people are doing possibly with their vehicles as well. But when it comes down to getting these sort of things done, Halifax actually have a home energy support line too, don't they? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things I would I would uh, raise. Um, it, first of all, under can do and getting that support in terms of the advice and guidance, because a lot of the challenges is, you know, for many, we don't know where to start. I, I would put myself in that same camp when we first started looking at our property. We live in an older house, so we were looking at retrofit. And, and one of the tools that we have that I've used myself is our home energy saving tool, which which helps you understand how green is your home. So we've teamed up with Energy Savings Trust to provide customers with a tool that you can input your details um, into. You can go onto it for, via our, our public site um, and it will kind of create a report for you telling you how green your home is and then help you understand what are the things you can you can do, what immediate action you can take and then also what might be those bigger investments that you might, might want to make. And then, as you said, we have a, an energy support helpline, which again is working with the Energy Savings Trust that gives impartial advice in terms of plans and what people can can do. And then finally, obviously, there's the financing and there is you know more and more products out there now to support people where they want to make uh, those larger investments to help them green their home. And you know, this all this makes a difference. And Craig, again, it's having the ideas when you come to talk to a builder, isn't it? Knowing what you're looking for helps to make a project run more smoothly. Most certainly, yes. You know, if people have, have looked into their own energy performance certificates, they should should get a better understanding of what their house is doing at the moment and what type of improvements that they can actually do. So when if they are employing a local builder, they can show them that information, see what they've been advised to do and see if it's within their budget to actually do it. If, it, if it's not within their budget, again, some of the links on the Halifax's website are point you to areas where they can get some form of uh, support on financial side of things to do the improvements. So lots of opportunities and a chance to get that house right and not only looking and feeling the way you want it to, but also being greener so it's warmer and you haven't maybe got to think about putting too many jumpers on in the winter because the heat you produce is the heat that stays in the house, which is a, a fantastic way of doing it. And things like heat exchange in the in the loft, that's not one thing that uh, we can probably yeah. expect to see more of as we head forward as well, isn't it? Most certainly, yes. I mean, when we designed our house, we, we, we had the back end, the south end of it, with a lot of windows in there. So we knew the sun would be coming in, magnifying through the glass and heating up that side of the house, heat exchange system where it draws out the heat from particular rooms and then empties that out in other sides of the house where it's not getting the benefits of the sun on. And that way is a lot more economical way of transferring heat around the house without having to turn a gas boiler on and heat more radiators or underfloor heating, you know. Craig, where can we find out more about what you're up to and any forthcoming TV gigs and the like? Uh, We've got our own Mr and Mrs DIY's uh, YouTube channel and also website as well, which is uh, Mr and Mrs DIY.tv. So that kind of covers all what we're up to. And predominantly, we're, we're creating online videos to help people improve their house, you know, whether it's decorating, whether it's home improvements to put value to your house or your home and garden or make it more efficient. We've got we've got hundreds of videos out there. That seems to keep me and the wife busy lately. Absolutely. <laughs> Check out all those details there. And then, of course, you'll be wanting to find out from Halifax how you can actually get this sort of thing set up. Kim, give us all the details for that, not only the helpline, but all the other resources you've got online again. 
Yeah, so if um, people want to go online, they can go onto the Halifax Bank website and they'll find uh, a wealth of resources, including the tool uh, that I talked about before. And they can also find out more details around some of the specific financing that we do, uh, which support greening um, and energy efficiency in homes, our, our green living reward, uh, our partnership with Octopus Energy, which helps us finance uh, customers that want to put in place uh, heat source pumps, um, replacing their, their current heating systems. But it's all online. You can find it um, on our public website. I'm very interested in finding out more about a ground source heat pump or even air source heat pump. That's something which intrigues me. That could be my next move. We'll see how we go from there. For now, Mortgages Director at Halifax, Kim Cadet, and Craig Phillips, of course, the first ever Big Brother winner, as well as renovation show presenter and part of the DIY team with his missus. Thank you both for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Thank Jason. you, Jason. tradition on Good Friday is to enjoy fish instead of the usual meats. And there are some brilliant fish options out there. Tell us more. I'm joined now by TV chef Leslie Waters. Good afternoon. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm good. I hope we're finding you well and enjoying your time in the kitchen. I do. I always love time in the kitchen. And, you know, I love this time of year. I think I favour Easter to Christmas, actually, because it's a for me, it's a time when all the family get together and we all get in the kitchen and have a lot of fun. And more than 52% of us plan on cooking for our families and friends at home celebrating, but also it's about saving money because, you know, of the cost of living. And according to new research from Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute, and we're going to be talking about canned salmon, wild Alaska canned salmon, which I grew up on canned salmon in the 60s. I can remember my mum when we had what we call posh teas with all the family. She'd make these amazing um, brown bread and canned salmon and cress sandwiches. And I still make them for my family. But I actually love the product because A, it's wild, it's natural, it's sustainable. You can get it from the supermarkets, John West, Prince's, and many own brand labels will sell it. It's something you can have in your cupboard and you can pull on any time. And I've put together some really lovely recipes um, that you can make for the family Good Friday or, you know, during the Easter break. Yeah, it's about getting yourself together, getting the family together. And if they turn up unexpectedly, this is where that can of salmon in the uh, the pantry is going to come into its own. Yeah, absolutely. It's so versatile. You can keep it in your cupboard. It's not going to go off. Um, it's just as um, good for you, you know, nutritious as fresh salmon, um, but you've got no waste. You haven't got to worry about it going off in the fridge. Um, and it's really, really versatile. And I think for people these days and also less, you know, it's not so expensive. So it ticks a lot of boxes. And of course, it's it's pretty much ready prepared for you. It's ready to use. The only thing you might do is re remove a few bones from the, the tin as you go through. Yeah, absolutely. Or eat the bones because they're so soft. I mean, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but they're full of calcium. I mean, you've got lean protein, you've got your omega fatty acids, you've got calcium. If you eat the bones, you've got vitamin D and B. So it's a great family thing. But you can also buy, if you don't fancy eating the bones in the skin, you can buy it completely ready. So, you know, you don't have to pull any of that off. Um, and I've created this recipe in memory of my mum, actually, for our sandwiches. But it's a dish and it's hardly any cooking at all. Um, can I tell you it? Go for it. I, I always like a good cookery corner. 
okay so what we've got is you want to get yourself some nice bread you know some sort of rustic loaf which you want to cut into thick pieces drizzle with um olive oil and just pop in a hot oven to crisp up and get gorgeous a bit like bruschetta you can rub a bit of garlic on there if you want to and then meanwhile take your wild alaskan canned salmon i like to use the red and open it, drain it, and mash it with um, some horseradish sauce and a little bit of Greek yogurt or creme fraiche, black pepper, and a squeeze of lemon. So you make this kind of um, chunky pate, okay? And then when your croots are gorgeous and crisp, you take them out, you dollop the beautiful, flavoursome um, salmon on top, and you make a salad with avocado, orange segments, watercress, and a little bit of olive oil and you kind of dunk that on the top and then you eat them oh I, it sounds like you're you. in absolutely with a glass of white wine it's marvelous <laughs> you're in your elements <laughs> with that one aren't you yeah because you know why i love simple things and i think we've got all these television programs on at the moment i mean jamie oliver he he is amazing i think but there's a lot of complicated stuff elsewhere going on and uh, I love to keep it simple because I still think a lot of people out there aren't very confident in the kitchen. But, you know, really, if you've got the right ingredients, you can create fabulous food that isn't complicated. And I really believe that the more I'm in this industry and the more I cook, the simpler I think I get. Uh, but it's, it's been creative with those simple things, though. And it's about uh, a fusion of flavours without making it hard work. Yeah, absolutely. You haven't got if you know if you use wild Alaskan salmon, you haven't got to cook it. It's already cooked. And so you're just really using it as the main ingredient to finish off stuff. And because it's just got such a wonderful flavour, you haven't really got to season it with salt. It's got a wonderful flavour, but, you, you know, it's lovely just to combine it with other things um, and it makes it go further and it's more cost effective. And I, I suppose back in the day on Ready Steady Cook, this if somebody had bought in a tin of salmon, that would have been an absolute godsend. Would have been. A total godsend for me. My goodness, we we haven't done that program for a while. I mean, it was on for a long time. But you know what? No one ever bought me in canned salmon. I was, you know, I think there is a bit of snobbery about it, you know. And I think that if you look for the right one, you know, the canned wild Alaska salmon, you really can't go wrong. Give it a try because it is delicious. Whether or not you put it in a sandwich toasty with beetroot, oh, that's my favourite combination and do a toasty like that or you use it in a pie i've got a great potato pie which is finished off with the the salmon like an open pie if you go to their website it's a a wonderful website and they've got more recipes on and it will tell you more about the sustainability i'll give you that in a minute actually um but there are lots of different things that you can do using canned salmon well, it sounds like the pie make a fantastic Good Friday uh, evening meal. And uh, then we, yeah, we're going to see what else we choose to enjoy throughout the whole of the Easter break. And that uh, you can't go wrong with your, your salmon creation if you're heading out for a day on Monday as well. That would travel well, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Sounds <laughs> like brilliant fun. Right, give us that web address then where we can go for more information on wild Alaskan salmon. OK, www.wildalaskaseafood.co.uk. Enjoy it. Have a lovely Easter. 
Jason. I would, and I, th- I think what I'd, I'd like to do is I'd like to repackage uh, a, a, a chocolate egg with as the goodies in it, not some marshmallows or something obscure like that. Actually, a, a, a can of salmon for you. I think we, we need to mock that one up for you as, a, as an Easter gift this year, don't we? Absolutely. What a great idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> good fun to me. Leslie Waters, TV chef and, of course, cookbook author. There's lots of your work out there. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure, Jason. That's it all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 721 next week. I'll see you then. Good night for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.